Hello, welcome to the Glass Tire Art Dirt Podcast. It is the week of Sunday, July 9th, 2017. I'm Rainy Knudsen. I'm Christina Reese. And on the Art Dirt Podcast here at Glass Tire, we discuss topical art topics of the mm-hmm. week. And there were some interesting doodads that came up this week. Yeah, these were all just sort of finds. You know, you're digging around. Some of them are, are related to a few news items that we uh, reported on, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. some were not. They were just other things that we thought were interesting, mm-hmm. like this first one. So, yeah, this one, I don't. I, I think Ariana came stumbled across this on the web. It's an Irish artist named John Gerard. Gerard. And uh, he made this piece called Spindletop. Yeah. And it's a... What appears to be a an American flag made of black smoke. So there's a, a pipe sticking up, and then there are seven uh, holes on the pipe sti- blowing out streams of black smoke. So it creates this sort of flag shape that dissipates. Yeah, it's actually called it's called Western flag. Western, yes. Western uh, Spindletop, Texas, and it's actually it was it was uh, installed outside of Somerset House in London. You know, um, but it's a it's a video. It's like a prototype. It's a video. It's not the actual thing. Well, the actual thing, it turns out, doesn't exist because right. you can't get smoke to blow straight out horizontally. Smoke is going to rise up. But what was interesting about this for me, I like the piece. I like the piece. Yeah. I like that he uses the term spindle top, which a lot of people don't realize was the first gusher, and it was in Beaumont, Texas. Yeah. Um, and uh, I like that it took us a while as a staff looking at this thing and puzzling over it to finally figure out that, in fact, this is CGI. This is not a real piece. You can't get smoke to blow out horizontally in the shape of a flag. But we really looked at it. We weren't sure. He did it for World Earth Day uh, around, it was late April. Yeah. And uh, it is funny that he named it um, Western Flag Spindle Top. I mean, the carcinogenic coast, as it's called, and bernie when they're breaking down the <laughs> texas map it's the carcinogenic coast this is this is where it all started oh, which you, you know spindle top of course is not active anymore but i think that you could probably make a, th- a thing like this i don't know how tall you could make the flag post and be able to use some blowers some <laughs> some carefully placed blowers i don't to make i, I read an interview i read an interview with a guy and he said have you ever tried to sculpt smoke well I mean, you'd have to have all these cherry pickers right off of camera. It would be like a movie production set, and and it would be and it would be only mildly successful, probably. What it reminds me of, and what's so funny is because it's for World Earth Day, so it's a real comment on you know on the on pollution and and climate change, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, you know, I mean, there's a faction of the United States, of Texas, of of truck drivers who do this sort of or who were, who were doing rolling coal mm-hmm. with their trucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, just you know, conspicuous pollution mm-hmm. that they think is funny and um, in your face and a big fuck you to environmentalists. And they would probably think that this is actually great. He's making one statement, and it could be it could be interpreted different ways. Mm. Mm. Uh, the Steve Carell villain in Despicable Me has car or vehicles that spew out black smoke. Um, I don't know if you've seen the Despicable Me series of movies, but no. But I'm on the road all the time. I'm driving across Texas all the time. I mean, there are a lot of eighteen wheelers where you can tell that their filters are just blown out, or or maybe they're doing it on purpose. I don't know. They're just blowing a tremendous amount of black smoke in the air, and you're thinking, God, if I was a cop, 
Well, if I, if I were a cop, I'd pull the mower for this. But, you know, it's I don't see rolling coal very much. I don't see the big I, diesel pickup I have, trucks. I have not seen that as much lately. And they might have either no. passed a law against it or people just realized that it was the most dumb shit thing to do. What it's I, illegal and it's not trendy anymore, right? Right, right. It's like anyone still wearing a mesh trucker hat needs to figure out some other headgear. What I liked about this was that we couldn't figure out whether this was real smoke, a real sculpture or not. And we finally figured out it was not. And of course it ties in with our country's uh, retreat from the Paris Climate Accords. Lovely. Mm -hmm. And um, this week having been our, this our nation's uh, anniversary. So, you know, go America. Okay, here's what I was going to say is you, you get an Irish guy or a British person or a UK person, you know, naming something after a Texas location and a Texas historical event mm. and, you know, to comment on what assholes we are. Yeah. And it's like, you know, this is truly the idea of Coles to Newcastle. It's like, yeah, thanks for bringing that home. We know. <laughs> we know. We know. I this is this is a topic that we will revisit another day perhaps but I am really getting tired of having to apologize for Texas and I think things have just got to change around here. I think people are I think the people that we hang out with who are basically people who live in cities in Texas for the most part, small or large cities, uh, are getting tired of having to apologize for Texas. Maybe it's not an urban thing, maybe it's just an art world thing, but yeah. I, this is Well, Laura, the, the at the top of the New Yorker this week is Lawrence Wright's oh, uh, yes. long piece about why Texas is the future of America. It's fantastic and there's some of that in there. Like what what is Texas and what, what it's very complicated. It's and, very complicated, and I actually agree with his premise, but I don't agree with it as a negative thing. Um, but I do think Texas is the future of America. You bet. Yeah. That's why I choose to um, live in this. And speaking of Texas and the future of America, mm -hmm. we are awash in McMansions. Oh, my God. I have some family members who live in them. Uh, so, and then, you know what? I have to slow down when I'm on their street to find their house because it takes me forever to recognize it. <laughs> it's been going on for years. This Kate Wagner, you're talking about Kate Wagner's website, McMansion Hell. Yes. Uh, which was in the news this week because she gets her pictures of these styrofoam McMansions out off of the website Zillow, and she superimposes commentary, very, very funny commentary, onto these photographs and posts them on her website. She's a 23-year-old architecture grad student, I think, in Chicago, or maybe mm -hmm. Evanston, maybe she goes to Northwestern, anyway, she's up there. And, uh, and Zillow tried to uh, throw some weight around yeah, so she's annotating these images. She's basically doing like a very um, smart, funny, and quite sometimes cruel sort of rap genius with these images of what's wrong with these, with all of these design elements and all of these decisions that go into the architecture itself as well as the interior design. Given that I agree, design. given that I agree with her critiques, I don't find it cruel. Yeah, well, it it's. Um, Do you really think okay. it's cruel? The, here's here's I'm looking at one comment she put. It just says pleather overstuffed overstuffed sectional equal sign. I gave up on design immediately. <laughs> and anyone who has a pleather overstuffed sectional might they might feel a little sting because of that. The the thing that she does that's so funny. I agree with almost I actually agree with every single thing she writes. So when I say she's being cruel, I'm not saying she's being cruel in a way that I don't agree with. I absolutely am with her on all this. You're saying but, you're um, saying you're being cruel. 
She's, yeah, no, she, no, I think, but she's definitely commenting on the personal lives of the people who choose to live in these houses as well. Like, if it's a picture of a bedroom, where is that picture? There's uh, two chairs facing away from the bed, and it's like, we're just going to pretend like the bed's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they do present, pretend that the bed's not there. Oh, they might. They might. But I mean, she's... Oh, and the one about the rec room in the basement, it's... Uh, this is where dad hides his second family. <laughs> Don't feel bad for them. He gave them an air hockey table. Nice. And then there's... So there's plenty, there, there's plenty one more commentary she, about the people who live in them, as well a, as the houses themselves. There is. There is. There's a neoclassical one with a gigantic triangular pediment above some um, Corinthian columns. But the, the pediment is so big, it's ludicrous. And she just says, giant, period pediment period boner period and so like this is the house for the guy who drives the lamborghini for the reason that we all know yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. with his little hands so zillow said earlier in the week or last week they said you can't do this you're using these images that we don't even own and this that and the other and it she she actually yanked her own website down i think she was she was freaked i think i mean she put she put out like pleas for help on social media she published the letter she's that they sent as well as her response on electronic frontier foundation which is known for you know internet freedom and the freedom of information flowing uh as much as possible well and then there and then zillow apologized her 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 blog is back up yeah, good for that. Kate. She lawyered up, and the, her lawyer, whoever the lawyer is, spanked Zillow, which, if they knew anything about Richard Prince, would know that you're allowed to take photographs and manipulate them. And they actually sort of apologized. They came out publicly, and they said, it was never our intent for McMansion Hill to shut down or for this to appear as an attack on Kate's freedom of expression. I get, yeah, pictorial reviews. It's, it falls under fair use. Totally she, fair use. Totally fair use. But but they, yeah. they, they were actually, in their original complaint, they said that she was um, reproducing, modifying, distributing, or otherwise creating derivative works from the Zillow site. And it's like, well, that is what she's doing, and that is totally protected, people. Anyway, they it, so basically Zillow got spanked, and um, Kate's back online. If any of you have not looked at McMansion Hell, and you like us cringe when you drive through certain gated communities and their styrofoam fantasy architecture, you know, French chateaus (laughs) slash Tudor piles slash Spanish colonial uh, turrets, turrets everywhere. (laughs) It's a very, very funny website. She says something like, uh, Hey princess, your taste is in another castle. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes she'll just do a little arrow pointing at something just with like six question marks, which I love. And then one of them just said, I have no mouth. I cannot scream. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, is the people who buy these houses, I think you could even show them this website and it would not make a dent in their love. No, this, no, they look whatever at if, this if, is. If, if, if she points out that Corinthian columns are totally out of place on a modern style or contemporary styled home, they're going to be like, well, you're just being uptight or, well, you're just, you know, critical. What do you know? I like it. And so, so buy that thing that's going to start leaking, oh, don't start worry. leaking they in are two buying. days. They are buying. Oh, and I want to say one more thing is that it reminds me a little bit. It's an offshoot and a much more functional offshoot in some ways of Fuck Your Noguchi Coffee Table, which I don't think has been active for about two years now, but was a very funny. That was a good, uh, that was a good blog. Uh, this, it was a blog for those of you who never saw it that where they would just take the, the person doing it would take, um, 
I guess pictures from like design blogs or El Decor or whatever, and then talk about, you know, what was wrong with it. It was funny. All the sheep who were doing the same, you know, photo um, cut a salon style hangs in their room and they all had the same coffee tables and the same rugs. And they thought that they were being very designy and very progressive. But in fact, they all had their rusticated wood stump side table with brass doodad on top of it. Yeah, and their Edison light bulbs and their... Oh, God. Exactly. Oh, God, the Edison light exactly. bulbs. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, those, are our, those are the snobby design blogs, and they're very, very funny, everyone. So go check them out. At this point in the podcast, we'll take a break and thank our sponsor, Crush Pad Productions in Houston, Texas. Eric Jarvis, music producer. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Matt Johnson, for the use of your song, Fly Away. Love that song. Thank you. So another news doodad that uh-huh. reared... We printed... We did this news. We did the news about... This was our news, damn it. Yeah, well, okay. It was so a, we well, it's a comment news. on a news item on Glass Tire. So oh my it's gosh. some comments. Some, some comments and a lot a lot more on social media, but mm-hmm. and not just on Glass Tire's posting of this on social media, but Artnet and some others. So Frida Fest is taking place this week um, at the DMA in conjunction with their Mexico show. The Dallas Museum of Art. The Dallas Museum of Art. And the idea, and they brought in the Guinness Book of World Records, which I seriously did not know was still happening. And the idea is... <laughs> you are not the parent the, of a grade school child, clearly. <laughs> well, I had no idea this was still going on. Help set the world record for the most people dressed like Frida Kahlo. Right. And there are rules to this. And so the, the DMA posted a whole thing of like, you can't have a slit on the side of your dress, even a very small one. The dress cannot be above your knee. If you only have one artificial flower in your hair or on your head, that's not sufficient. You mm-hmm. have to have three or more. Your mm-hmm. shawl has to be a single color, not multicolor. And I think you have to be wearing sandals. I don't know. Yeah, and you can be, men or women can do this. You've got to have the unibrow going, by the way. Yeah. Um, so there are all these rules, and it's on their uncrated uh, blog, the DMA's blog, showing you what you can and cannot do. Now, these are rules that were set up in conjunction with the Guinness Book, uh, or Guinness World Records. I guess they're not calling themselves Guinness Book of World Records anymore. It's just Guinness World Records. Mm. Anyway, this, you know, some people think this is the most fun thing in the world and they love to dress up and, you know, it's just, you know, it's just like people who love Halloween. It's like, oh, yes, it's a reason to get into costume. Other people, of course, not surprisingly, have a problem with it. So here's the deal that's interesting about this. Uh, Frida Kahlo lookalike contests litter the Internet. If you just do a search... Many people have done Frida Kahlo lookalike contests, and there are lots and lots and lots of pictures. It's kind of a thing. And there's actually an organization in Houston called the East End Studio Gallery in the East End that has done a Frida Kahlo lookalike contest for several years at least, and they do both children and adults. Um, And nary, nary a peep of protest has ever been heard over that one. The DMA's gotten itself into a bit of a tiffle over this, and there's even g- though even though it's in it's in collaboration with the with Dallas's Latino Center for Leadership Development. Yeah, but we immediately got we immediately got at least well let's see what are our com- we don't have many comments on the site they're mostly on social media but you know this is so tacky and disrespectful there seems to be a protest that maybe is happening. Yeah, uh, on July sixth. Um, 
beginning at six to protest people who want to do it. Uh, on the Facebook thing, there were like half the people who were commenting were like, "Woo, this is fun. Hey, Steve, can you join me for this thing? This is going to be great. And the other half of the comments were like, this is cultural appropriation. This is disrespectful. This is terrible. This is lame. It was funny because it seemed almost split to me. Anyway, uh, yeah, there there is a polite protest plan for this thing, everyone, and um... but it's you know what the, all this is also just speaks to museums doing the most populist thing they can possibly do in order to get people through the door. It's dumb. It is. It's totally Guinness, dumb. I mean, Guinness World Records to go with this particularly very dignified Mexico exhibition is. I mean, it's it's stupid. It's, it's dumb. But it's not it's like any it's, stupider than so many things that museums do that people no, love. And, and you no. know, the same people who love the McMansion thing could be listening to us right now and being like, God, you girls are like, y'all aren't any fun. Because this is well, just fun. We're just dressing up and free to call is cool and I'm going to draw in a unibrow and blah, blah. You know what I mean? I'm sure the things that I think are really fun are things that a lot of other people would not think of particularly fun. I think that nobody's having any fun anymore and that's part of what's wrong with our world. But in well, any event... Well, maybe, maybe this year this is when people are going to protest it and if the DMA gets popped for it, they get popped for it. But I think five years ago no one would have said a word. Oh, they wouldn't have said a word. And no, like I said, nobody has said a word about the Frida Festival, which is, uh, which was in April at East End Studio Gallery. And it was, by the way, their 12th Frida Festival. And it's all, mm. now, it's all these women dressed up like Frida Kahlo, but they are Latina women. They appear to be Latina mm -hmm. women. And so, you know, it, it, then people get into the like, well, it's okay if they're Latina, but if they're not Latina, they're not allowed to do it. And yeah, well. I... I well, I don't even want to touch that with a thousand foot pole made out of elephant dung. Okay. And and but, and but di and dipped in urine. Speaking of our next topic. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so Serrano, Andre Serrano has a show up at uh, Station Museum in Houston. Mm -hmm. It's primarily newer works, the torture series photographs, but. Uh, they included Piss Christ, the famous late 80s piece that was part of the big NEA protest, the Jesse Helms debacle. Yeah, I've seen this show. And so there was a big protest, which we reported on. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was organized by an organization called the American TFP, the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family and Pro Property. I almost said propriety. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, progressive clergy intend to normalize the sin of sodomy. That's one of their headlines. Stuff like that. So they were upset because this photograph, that's, God, what, it like 20 years old now, practically? Well, it was like 87, 89. Oh, yeah, that's right. 20, 30 years old. 30 years old. 30-year-old yeah. yeah. photograph of a crucifix in a jar of pee. Serrano, of course, is is Catholic or was raised Catholic. Comes from a Catholic background. This is his this is his protest about you know the hypocrisy of the church, etc. It seems to me like the protests that are happening today are really probably different sets of people from who it might have been. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like nine. like followers of Jesse Helms and Ed Meese, shall we say? Right. Um, it doesn't. It's uh, looking at the photographs just of the protests that occurred at the Station Museum in Houston, which has this show up. Uh, it's a lot of Hispanic people. It's really a Catholic uh, protest. I think it's Catholics. I think it's yeah. mostly Catholics protesting I this. Do too. 
Um, I mean, there will be some there will be some anti NEA kind of Trump supporter people who are who are alongside the Catholics who are upset about this. Yeah, I mean, one of the protest signs said, "When did blasphemy become art?" And I just had to, had to had to have a chuckle because I don't know how far we how much time we have or how far back we can go, but yeah, definitely there are plenty of examples in the Egyptian and even you know Babylonian Earlier. Babylonian Earlier. canon. <laughs> and the cave paintings, I would assume. I think the cave um, paintings were a little bit blasphemous. Uh, yeah, that's part of the deal, gang. Anyway. Not looking at the world the way everybody else looks at the world is part of the. Deal. I was surprised. I was surprised about the protest. Maybe I shouldn't have been. Maybe that's my kind of own blind my blind spot. But when Brandon was saying, "Well, I think there's going to be a protest. And I'm going to get down there and I'm going to talk to people," I, I actually my first thing was like, "They're protesting the torture photos." I really thought he meant the torture photos. Well, if they wanted to protest something, they should have protested the torture photos, which are various aestheticized sort of glamour shots of staged fake torture and it's not a good body of work the best pieces in the show far and away are the old pieces piss christ mm-hmm. and, and really the best piece is this i think it's a five panel uh, work of um, last supper statue that's underwater so it's covered with little tiny bu- bubbles yeah and that's an old that's an old it's an old piece, piece. It? it's a great yeah. piece it's a great piece justly remembered and and exhibited yeah i didn't like the torture works really much at all i didn't think they resonated but whatever you know it's it's a it's taking somebody's religious symbol and doing something that they find disrespectful with it. Well, I think uh, people should know that if they want to go check it out themselves, if they haven't seen it, if they don't. And by the way, it's a it's a photograph. It's a photograph. It's a photograph. So, but you can see it until October eighth in Houston at the Station Museum of Contemporary Art. So. So yeah, uh, you know, go see Piss Christ, everybody. Draw your own conclusions, and you know, take a nun with you and have a conversation. Hey, that's not a bad idea. Mm. You're so Find a nun. Find a nun. My great aunt was a nun. She was a she was like a, this cool street nun who worked with street kids and stuff in Los Angeles. Oh, oh my God, Christina! Blade Runner: The Final Cut is available on iTunes now for purchase for four ninety nine. What? Yes, I just bought it. What is the final cut? I think it's the cut where they don't go into the nature at the end. I think it's the darker director's cut. It's the director's cut, which I saw on a big screen uh, when it when it came out. Well, th- this is these are the movies I want to see. I want to see Blade Runner, which is oh, coming yeah. out. When's it coming out? I saw uh, October, 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 October. Blade Runner, November, Thor, Ragnarok. Yeah, those are year two. I'm just I'm just gonna do the Blade Runner thing. All right, uh, and the rest of you all out there, go see some art and uh, stay cool. Stay cool. Go see Piss Christ when you can. Yeah, it's up in Houston. And the Station Museum is a great space to support. They do a lot of good shows. They sure do. 